So Johnny, so I was visiting my mother and my grandpa earlier this week because it's Thanksgiving break and I didn't have any work. So I went to visit my parent, my mom and my grandpa and just took care of him for a couple of days so my mom could like kind of rest, not worry too much about him. And on our way back, on my way back, I'm sorry, on my way back, kind of slurring for some reason. On my way back, uh, our cousin Joe reached out to us. Shout out to the None of Our Business podcast. They, if we could meet up real quick, because he wanted to give me some of these Tigerades, which I remember I did ask him for the next time they did another batch of these, like craft IPA beer. I guess you would call it right. It is beer, right, Johnny? Is that what craft is? Yeah, craft beer. So he hooked us up with some Tigerade TS John. Johnny asked me what is TSG because there's a that's like the little name on it. It's the Tiger Supporter Group, which apparently is what Joe's a member of. They support the Los Angeles Football Club. It's like a it's like a fan club. It's basically a giant fan club. Our pretty much everybody over at Noob at none of our business. Deech, Joe, I don't think Keenan technically, but those two I mentioned are part of the supporters group. And they commission like this limited run, limited time IPA beer. Uh, Tiger featured prominently over. That's like their logo, right? It's like it's like the Korean K Town. Like, wait, so Tiger Eight is a brand, and then the year of TSG is what they're supporting, and that's yeah. what's limited edition. About yeah, this? TSG is the Tiger Supporter Group. It's like a subsection of a fan. I think there's like a mention of their like area code or something for K Town on there somewhere. I forgot where it is. But anyways, our cousin Joe hooked us up with some Tigerade. I brought he got us each a six pack for twelve combined. Yeah, we're both gonna try it out. And have a test taste right here. Yeah, hopefully you don't cough. Oh, why would you cough? I have COVID, I didn't tell Andrew. <clears throat> he says that when I'm like in mid like chug. <clears throat> Goes down smooth. I'm not a beer I'm not a big beer guy, I'll tell you that right now. I'm not a big beer fan. But this is Definitely one of the better beers I've had. I'll tell you that. Kind of malty. Almost like a hint of citrus. Right? Really? You could tell? I can kind of get a hint of citrus. I don't know if there is actually citrus or not. But, like, I'm reading, like, the side. It says, extra pale pilsner flaked rice. And then there's, like, a bunch of words I don't know. Hoppiness? I'm not sure what hopping. I know it has to do with hops. Crispy, yeah, it de- it definitely does taste kind of crispy. What? On the on the side is like a meter. It tells you like the level of maltiness, like out of like, it's like a. You see the number, the colored. Yeah, I see that. It's like a weird like circle graph. It's a really cool can. Uh, it's dope. It's. Golden. I like. Yeah, I just like the golden black. It's golden. You see in the back of it, it's not just a flat sticker. It's got like this curvature to it. Even like, like this, this angular stuff. And you hold the sticker and like it feels like the looks, texture is kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little metallic. Like not metallic like the the soft. But part. even the can feels like soft for some reason. I don't know. Like it's not like a hard aluminum. It's weird. It's like squishy. Yeah, I haven't I haven't had a drink in a long time. So maybe that little gulp just is starting to hit me now. Yeah. I'm seeing a bunch of random shit. <laughs> you're, you're already sl- Well, the good thing is we ate before it's, this. Like if you look at it at an angle, it's a little holographic too. Yeah. Dope looking can. Yeah, that's good. But I was thinking, John, you were wanting to talk about this because today is Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. I don't really celebrate. I don't celebrate Thanksgiving. I'm Jehovah's Witness. We don't celebrate holidays. Johnny's not too much of a family social visitor. He likes to keep to himself. So we're kind of here. We're like, we might as well just record as usual on a Thursday. 
Uh, I'm going to do some Black Friday shopping tomorrow. But for today, we're just recording. We're chilling. This is the, uh, I don't want to, you can call it Thanksgiving episode. I'm going to call it the laid back kind of holiday episode because we're going to get to the stories, obviously. We're going to get to the stories like we do every week. But like, I'm, kind of, I'm a little loose. I'm kind of running loose here with the, with the format this time around. How can you tell, dude? I, like i'm not much of a beer person i can't tell like it does feel a little bit smoother but as far as like citrusy and all that i'm picking up like hints of citrus out maybe there might not even be citrus maybe it's just like like uh we call it uh what are those like sugar pills or whatever like a placebo kind of thing maybe it isn't citrus i'm looking at the ingredients there's no ingredients it's just the issue from the search from the government warning that you know surgeon general warning about alcohol <laughs> I actually don't know what the ingredients are, like, flavor-wise, but... Yeah, I'm picking up the rice, kind of, a little bit. Yeah, I, can I see kinda, all that. I don't know if there's citrus or not. I'm going to have to ask Joe next time we see him, but... Anyways, we caught up. We I met him in... Not in downtown LA. I met him, like, halfway to his work. He like, We had, like, a breakfast. We met him for breakfast. What you have for breakfast? I had this French... Toasted French toast thing that he also ordered. It was a spot he knew? Yeah, it was a spot that he liked. He goes... He, he frequents regularly. So that's where I met him. It was like 20 minutes from, like less than 20 minutes from where my mom lives. So, and it was before his work started. So we just had breakfast, caught up. Then he transferred me like very like discreetly, like in the parking lot, like here's all this beer. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. But um, Johnny, since seeing us today is Thanksgiving, like let's talk about real quick Thanksgiving memories. Like, do you have any fond Thanksgiving memories? When I think of Thanksgiving myself, I just think of I think of either our cousin Ruben, the Montoyas over there, how we used yeah. to visit them, especially in our later years, my late teen years. Before that, when I was a kid, we would visit our other cousin Jeremy over in Tarzana, and those were like the, those were the early Thanksgiving memories for me. And then I had the Montoya later Thanksgiving memories. I don't think it's really been consistent, and that's a good thing, right? Because I mean, unlike today, our family was a little bit closer back then, less fractured. Yeah, yeah, less fractured. It wasn't so. fractured, but whole. So every year it was like, all right, we're all going to go to this one family member's thing, right? Mm-hmm. And depending on who we went to, we're obviously like when we went to Maya Martha's thing, the main, for us, for the kids, the main course was like the mushrooms, the, the stuffed mushroom the caps. Stuffed mushrooms, so good. The, so good. The cheese and the bacon and all that Shout shit. Shout out to our cousin Ale for making those mushrooms. So yeah. So, so there was that when I'd go to my uh, Aunt Gloria. Yeah, it's my glorious. It was Giovanni with Giovanni, Giovanni with his like perfect traditional cheesecake. Oh, cheesecake sounds good right now. Yeah, I kind of want I want the Jack in the Box cheesecake now. Yeah, or sometimes I'd go my go to my friends and then we'd have deep fried turkey. How do you deep fry a whole turkey? I mean, they sell the the vats, whatever they are. Oh, they do it with like a chain, right? Don't yeah, they, and they lower it with a chain. It in there. I, I heard that's them. dangerous. Yeah, because like the oil can spill and splash everywhere, yep. but also like it shoots up flames. But it's the best. Know. It's the best turkey. Oh, that sounds really good. Yeah. I'm not really a turkey guy. I, I'm more of the honeyed ham, the sweet like pineapple. Honey. I prefer ham. Yeah, but if you're gonna have turkey, you have to with that fry. nice like gla- honey glaze and like slice of pineapple wedge or whatever. Mm-hmm. So good. I think like after after I turned 18, Thanksgiving became like way less prominent. It was just like oh, we're just gonna eat. And it be- and then Black Friday became more of a thing for me. Where like that started to overtake Thanksgiving when we all started getting cars. Yeah, once we started having funds and cars, like that overtook the uh, the novelty of Thanksgiving. Where Thanksgiving was just like we're gonna have a meal, but we're really here because we're gonna go shopping together. Like that was like the thing. Yeah, that might be a thing a little bit less these days because there's so much digital, so many sales in digital. You know? Right, right. 
Um, I'm, I don't think I'm prone to leave the family just to go shopping nowadays. That's what we do. That's what we do. Well, we did. I don't know. I haven't done that in a couple of years, but that's what, no, because it used to be like we would have Thanksgiving and then like at midnight, like, okay, everybody would need eight. Like, all right, okay, now we're going to go, right? That was like kind of the thing, but, um, yeah, uh, I was talking, and I was also talking about how, like, I remember the giant cauliflower. The giant cauliflower just smothered in melted cheddar. And I remember, like, as a kid, I would look at that. And I'm like, what the hell is that? Why is it like a giant white brain covered in cheese? Because I had never seen cauliflower before. Mm-hmm. And that was at our Theodore Saudis house over in Tarzana. And I'm like, what is that? Like, it looks gross. Like, it looks like cor- like a coral reef, like a cor- like that brain coral, but, like, smothered in cheese. Like, what is that? And then I finally, like, tried it, and I'm like, oh, like, you know, it's pretty good and stuff, but... Yeah, it's not a bad dish, but for Thanksgiving... Yeah. Like, I want to bring a giant vegetable for everybody. Right. Like, that's my thing. That's my <laughs> that's my contribution is a giant vegetable. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Thanksgiving, I think, as far as holidays, uh, back when I would do holidays, I think Thanksgiving was probably one of the, I think, least rated or underrated, maybe. Christmas and New Wait, Year. least rated? Yeah, because I compared it to Christmas and New Year's, which were much more, like, interesting. Those mm-hmm. were more fun, I guess you could say. Thanksgiving was, because it's late at night. You don't celebrate Thanksgiving all day. You only celebrate it at dinner time, right? No yeah, one, yeah. you don't celebrate it throughout the day, like Christmas or New Year's kind of. I mean, even New Year's, I guess you celebrate at midnight. But it's just like, I guess because like, you don't get anything out of it other than food. As a kid, it wasn't that exciting as compared to Halloween where you're getting candy or Christmas where you're getting presents or. I feel like it's sucking. I, I got to rank these. For me, it's going to be Halloween. And then Thanksgiving. Are we going from ascending or descending? From the best. Okay. So the best for me, Halloween, Thanksgiving, New Year's, and then Christmas. Really? New Year's is last? I mean, Christmas is last for you? Yeah. I think I would go in the reverse, the exact reverse. I mean, I might switch uh, Christmas and and, uh, New Year's. But the thing is, um, okay, so Halloween is predominantly with my friends. Oh, okay. Thanksgiving, family, New Year's friends and then christmas uh family right but all you know what i think also the factor is that i don't have kids so i really can't enjoy i don't think i can enjoy christmas if i'm not giving you know right i think i i just enjoyed christmas when i was younger because i was like the time of the year where i would get like a new game or something because other than that i probably i wasn't really guaranteed to get games christmas was just like the default like game giving period which is like what i always cared about so yeah and then Halloween, I I really didn't celebrate Halloween that much. I think that was like one of the things my mom really wasn't like too like on like she wasn't too like keen on doing. It was like Halloween, like we would pass out candy, but she almost never let me go out just because like you know there's weirdos out there and stuff at night. And as the song goes, the freaks come out at night. The freaks come why out you at be night. Out there. As a kid and a teenager, I don't know. As a teenager, mm, it wasn't really my thing. And then I lived in an area that wasn't really like. Well suited for Halloween. Well, but you know, we're not talking thirteen or shit. I'm talking about like eighteen. I was talking like sixteen or seventeen. 19. So, anyway, Johnny, this isn't a holiday podcast. I don't even think that's a real thing. This is a video game podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Deal with Sense podcast. As always, I'm your host Andrew Roscoe, joined by the Badger of the High Desert, the self-proclaimed Lost Cause, because he is always down for the cause, never down for the count, the unnecessary, the truth. Johnny. Hey. I thought you were saying more, but okay. <laughs> no, I, just... I had something going, but I lost it. 
I love. I, I have my from before. For some uh, reason, I had my eyes. Clo- I think it helps me focus. I had my eyes closed, and I was just like saying your intro. And I opened my eyes, and I just see you holding the cup, the 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 can in front of you. I'm like, what's he doing? Anyways, Johnny, let's get started, shall we? We have five news stories. Technically four, because two of these are like closely related. But let's get started, Johnny. Oh, this is what I was thinking. My bad. What were you thinking? I was. I was. I was thinking about uh, Badger of Raccoon City. Badger of what? Of Raccoon City. Of Raccoon City? Yeah, it's a different reference. You'll, you'll get it later. The Badger of Raccoon City. Yeah, that's City. what crossed my mind. Never mind. Wouldn't that be the Raccoon of Raccoon City? Yeah. Why'd you say the Badger of Raccoon City? Because I'm the Badger of the High Desert. So you want to be the Badger of Raccoon City also? No. Ah, whatever. Where is Raccoon City? I always thought it was kind of like... It looks like somewhere in the Midwest. Like like a Seattle or like an Oregon. Uh, that's or, what I'm thinking. Right? Yeah. Anyways, we have this article from Eurogamer written by Matt Wales. It says Callisto Protocol Dev insist season past season past, I'm sorry, twenty-five death animations are not cut content. Like, we need a little more context, so let's we're just gonna get into it. A little more context. It says developer striking distance studios has responded to the news it's sci-fi horror, the Callisto Protocols. Season pass will feature exclusive death animations. Insisting these haven't been cut from the main game to sell for an additional fee. As detailed on Steam, the Cluster Protocol Season Pass consists of four components. The Outer Way Skin Collection, Story DLC. A Riot Bundle featuring a new wave-based mode set in an undiscovered area of Black Iron Prison. And a Permadeath mode included in the Contagion Bundle. Eyebrows were raised, however, when the news the latter two bundles would also add a total of 25 new death animations 13 for protagonist jacob and 12 for the enemies much of the cluster protocol's pre-release publicity has focused on its myriad gruesome death animations as a key selling point striking distance ceo glenn schofield discussed its gore engine with Eurogamer earlier this year so there was a degree of incredulity 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 i can never say that word right when striking distance revealed more than two dozen of these would only be available to purchasers of the season pass being sold as part of the digital deluxe edition for an additional 20 pounds i'm sorry euros is it pounds or euros pounds i'm sorry yeah it's 20 pounds however schofield has now taken to twitter to insist striking distance studios hasn't cut content from the cluster protocol to sell at a higher price Quote, to be clear, he explained, we're not holding anything back from the main game for the season pass. We haven't even started work on this content yet, Schofield's tweet continued. It's all new stuff that we'll be working on in the new year. Fans have asked for even more deaths, so we're making it a priority next year. In other Callisto Protocol news, the sci-fi horrors opening 13 minutes have already leaked online ahead of its second December launch. On PlayStation, PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. All right, Johnny. So we kind of we were talking a little bit about this, like very briefly, not that long, because I had to go to the restroom. But we we're talking very briefly about this before we started. Uh, I mean, it's our our feeling on DLC varies from game to game, right? As it in some cases it's predatory, other times it's like welcome. Yeah, it's for case, yeah. In this case, the idea of a season pass, I, I think it's just the that phrasing, season pass. If they had just called it as DLC, I think I would have been like, whatever. But when when I think season pass, like those words evoke my idea of like a ladder or like a, a like chain of like, you know, se- uh, level one, level two of like 
where you play a game and you just grind it out just to unlock like the next thing in the t- like the next tier and the next tier and the next tier. Mm-hmm. I feel like season pass is a kind of like a little misleading in this case because we read it's like four different DLC packs bundled together, right? We have a like wave based mode, like a kind of like a um, what do you call those? Where it's just like they come at you, they come at you, they come at you, like a horde mode. There you go. Yeah. Horde. There you go. Right. We have a actual story DLC. And then we have like these animations, these extra death animations. Um, I'm not sure how I feel now. I because th- initially I heard season pass and I was like thinking the worst. Like, well, initially when the story came out, like the media portrayed it as something that was predatory. But if they're saying the content doesn't even exist, that it's, it's like demand that's being like it's being like uh, we call it. Uh, um, manifested into kind of radically, or like asking for this thing. Then I don't yeah, think it, it's not. It's not as bad. Creation. We create more animations that don't already exist. Like mm-hmm. there's already animation, death animations for the existing game. I okay. Ultimately, I think it's fine. It just sounds like they're nickel and diming you. Yeah, but I think it's okay because the content isn't there anyways, right? Yeah, they're saying like this isn't cut content. Like this, it's cut, like we're gonna have to like start from scratch new next year. I feel like, I feel like, the reason I might have a problem with this is because, other way, some other companies might take advantage of this. You know, EA comes to mind. Like, I mean, yeah, that's EA picks up on this, and it's that's like, a foregone conclusion. They've already well, done that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I just feel it. It, it varies from game to game, cause depending on, like how far along. Like if it's like. If you're talking about DLC when the game's not even out yet, like I just kind of get like, uh, like I get like this kind of like, yeah, bad feeling when it's DLC. Like, oh, we're gonna do DLC like a year or whatever after the game comes out. Then I'm more like, oh yeah, like extend the life of the game past its release, like that way, like trickle in, like kind of like what they're doing with the what they did with Village, Resident Evil Village, where it's like, oh, like it was a a surprise when they started talking about DLC and stuff, right? It wasn't like. They weren't, like, discussing it before the game even came out, right? It was kind of more like, oh, like, yeah, we might do that. And, like, and then it became like, oh, yeah, we're doing that after all, right? I just... I we, It varies from game to game, but, like, I just wish... I really just wish games just came more complete than usual. No, but it is complete. That's the, that's the whole thing. It's already complete. They're creating this after the fact, after the launch. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Additional. This is after the fact kind of thing. But yeah. think about all the games that you play that are online. Well, you kind of feel after a while, like, this game needs an update on the animations. Like, the quality of life, right? Right. Okay, like, fucking Fortnite. It Mm. took them, what, three years to finally get it, like, a no-builds mode? And then sliding and... What is it called when you climb onto a wall or something? I don't know. Climb on the wall? (laughs) What do you mean? No, there's a a term for it. Like, rock climbing? No, it's like scaling it's like when you see a, a little tiny wall a barrier and you can just hop over it there's a term for oh that. just i would just call that like mounting well or... that's vaulting vaulting there you go vaulting but there's another term where you actually climb to a second story to a second and third and you just keep on going there's another term for that leapfrogging i, I don't know yeah, it's it's kind of like that but uh i mean it'd be nice if you if you have an online game like that and then after a while they tell you like hey we're creating more content there's gonna be more skins there's gonna be an extended map etc and we're going to give you some animations, right? Yeah. And Fortnite gives you animations uh, for dances and stuff, right? But I'm talking yes. about <laughs> I'm talking about combat. It'd be nice to have new combat animations. Yeah, I think I I I'm like, how great that would be cuz most recently I just finished playing uh, God of War Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. And like I think part of the motivation for me playing that game is like I would try to 
stun enemies and fill up like the stun meter as fast as possible because i would want to see each unique like yeah. toggle yeah. r3 like for the death animation mm-hmm. finisher like like those are fun those are very rewarding so like I could see for Clistal Protocol, like adding new ones, not just for the not just for the enemies, but also for yourself. Like that, I do. I definitely see the appeal of doing that, and I think it does go towards like giving the fans what they want. I think I just, I it's it's that word, that phrase, season pass. It just kind of just invokes the thoughts of like the of the worst kind of like nickel and dime, the worst kind of constantly live service DLC. Yeah, but this is all they've done this with a ton of games. No, yeah, they'll sure. put out like fuck. They'll put out three DLC or four DLC, and then you're a year, two years later, and you're like, when are they gonna start putting out DLC? Like, I want a complete version of this. Whereas yeah. if you just what, what about the battle pass? In the I think I think the Borderlands or, games do those very well. Where like each time you got like a new DLC, it was like an expansion to the story, and it was like here's like a new section of the world map. And like, here's all these new guns. Here's all this new stuff. And I was like, never egregious. It was like ten dollars, like here and there. But it added like hours of content. Yeah. And it was it that felt like natural to me because like there wasn't a planned roadmap. It was kind of just like, oh, we're doing this like two months before it comes out or something. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I feel like when it's not as laid out as like like when it's not so egregious, like this is like the plan. But wouldn't it be dope? Like, say Call of Duty, they have a season pass. They do, and then. They told you, like, just out the blue, right? Season pass, you're not getting any animations for that as it is. You're getting new maps, you're getting new other content, but you're not getting animations, are you? Sometimes, yeah. If they add are new char- if they add new characters, they'll add new finish- finishers with them. I was going to say it'd be dope if you'd get a ton of new finishers they do. every season. Yeah, they do actually add them yeah, every season. Right. Yeah. But um, anyways, so that's that seems to be the plan for Callisto. It comes out next week, about a day and a week from today. It's next Friday, not tomorrow. So uh, yeah, my verdict on this is it's fine. Yeah, I suppose so. I want I want to play it. I don't. I'm probably not gonna play it the exact same day it comes out. Probably like next month, but we'll see. Uh, John, let's move on to our next story, which comes from Gematsu, written by Sal Romano. It says God of War Ragnarok sold 5.1 million units in first week, becomes fastest selling first party launch game in PlayStation history now when i sent johnny this information he sent back like kind of like a smug smile emoji saying that he's glad it's not the last of us anymore which i thought was kind of funny because he johnny has a johnny has a personal vendetta against last of us part two for some reason it says god of war ragnarok sold 5.1 million copies in its first week five days of release making it the fastest selling first party launch game in playstation history Publisher Sony Interactive Entertainment developer Sonic Danica, Santa Monica <laughs> Studio announced. It says, for comparison, God of War 2018 sold 3.1 million copies in the first three days following its launch for PlayStation 4 on April 20th, 2018. Oh, I thought there was more to it. That's literally the entire article. That's not even an article. That's like a post. That was like three sentences. All right. Johnny. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Ragnar- Ragnarok, fastest selling playstation game of all time now uh what are your thoughts about that i'm happy about that i love the game like i i don't know if i dm you the whole thing or i deleted or whatever of course all right i guess we can kind of transition into the next article all right let me just do let me just do that right now we'll talk about them together (laughs) i'm gonna do that right now that's why i said two of these are related uh we go to forbes uh for the next one written by paul tassi says pokemon scarlet and violet's 
10 million copies sold in three days breaks every Nintendo record. It says, while Pokemon Scarlet and Violet are marred with technical problems, I'm going to talk about that later on, and suffering from series low critic and user review scores, the games are also absolute sales monsters, showing the series is stronger. I lost my space, sorry. It, a thing moved on me. Stronger than it's ever been before in terms of player interest. Nintendo has announced that Pokemon Scarlet and Violet have sold 10 million copies in its first three days, doubling the just-announced 5.1 million sales for God of War Ragnarok in its first week, which was a record for Sony. Scarlet and Violet have broken not just every record Nintendo has for fast-selling games, but that's true for exclusives across the industry as well. Since Pokemon Scarlet and Violet is now the fastest-selling Pokemon game, fastest-selling Switch game ever, fastest-selling Nintendo game ever, and the fastest-selling console-exclusive game ever across Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo. With 10 million copies sold, assuming approximately a $60 price point, that would be $600 million in sales in a weekend. That would be just shy of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2's $800 million sales weekend it announced a few weeks back. A series record, and under the all-time record, Grand Theft Auto V's $1 billion opening weekend sales that seems unlikely to be replicated until GTA 6. But yes, you might consider what Pokemon Scarlet and Violet have done here, given that, again, it's on one platform, when these other games are usually launching across two generations of Xboxes and PlayStation, yeah, Playstations, and Modern Warfare 2 had PC sales at launch as well. It's a bit of a frustrating situation for fans, however, as a common complaint is that Nintendo and Game Freak need to come to a realization that they have to stop pumping these games out at such a rapid pace, given that we are now running into technical mayhem at a level not seen before in series history. While the core games remain very fun, Scarlet and Violet suffer from terrible performance issues, ugly visuals, and hilarious slash tragic bugs. Johnny sent me an entire like montage of the hilarious bugs. Um, but back to the article. But breaking almost every single record in video gaming at launch does not exactly seem like a take these lessons to heart moment. And more of a green light to keep doing exactly what they've been doing at the pace they've been doing it. It's unclear what the fate of the games will be and how much will be fixed as time goes on. But Nintendo slash Pokemon games are not usually known for big, transformative, cyberpunk, Nomad Sky-style mega patches. So it's likely jankiness in the game will stay there. All right, John, I'm going to end right there. He has like another paragraph that just talks about how big Pokemon is, which is, yeah, it's true. It's like it's literally the number one uh, just IP property merchandise-wise in the world. So I think that obviously plays a huge part in it. So, uh... Let me just, yeah, I so I've been playing Pokemon Violet. I'm about halfway through it right now. I haven't finished it because I, fo- I focus mostly on finishing Ragnarok. I wanted to finish Ragnarok first before I forgot the controls and buttons and stuff. Um, Pokemon Violet, which is the version I have. So here's the thing. Pokemon has a lot of factors in its favor for selling this well compared to like Ragnarok. They Again, the number one highest selling IP in the world uh, the fact that it's like almost 30 years old, it's entrenched as a property, like a behemoth of a property. The fact that when the, each time a main game comes out, there's at least two versions of the game. Kind of, they're, they're counting it as one for the sales figure, which, I mean, makes sense because they're practically the same game. But like, uh, example, a friend of the show, Miko, who he's actually been one of our guests uh, at one point. Miko, our friend, my friend Miko, he bought three games, three Pokemon. He bought three copies of them. He brought he bought one for his brother, one of the versions, and then he bought 
two of them for himself. He bought Violet for himself and Scarlet for himself and then Violet for his brother. So he bought three copies of this game at launch. Am I blaming Miko? <laughs> Am I saying that Miko's the reason they sold 10 million copies? No. Am I saying there's a lot of people out there like Miko who do buy both versions of Pokemon every time it comes out? Absolutely. There are people who do buy both versions of the game because they want to trade with themselves or for as a decorative, like, I have both games kind of thing. I've done that twice. I have not. I haven't bought both games at launch. What does two versions mean? So there's Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Okay, so for those who don't know, every time they have a release of a Pokemon game, it, there's usually two versions. Like last time it was Sword and Shield. Basically, what they have is they're I, both games are almost identical with a few changes. The kinds of Pokemon you can find in each game vary. So like, there's no one game that has all the Pokemon in it. So they do this to encourage players to trade with the other person for the missing Pokemon from their game. Man, that sounds like some bullshit. No, well, that's how it's been ever since like Red and Blue, like the OG, where like trading using the link cable and trading with your friends is a huge component of what makes Pokemon like like popular. Is like the battling, the competitive nature of battling with your friends, but also trading Pokemon. It's like selling me a pizza, but there's a, a different flavor for the last slice and. You gotta buy both to yeah, like, no, give your friends. No, and... yeah, you're you're not entirely wrong about that. Like they've always done it so that no one person can catch all the Pokemon on their own. You have to socially. I mean, that's kind of like the success of Pokemon Go. If you remember Pokemon Go, was like, yeah. you know, you were going out there, you were socializing, you were like battling and trading with other people. Like that's part of the Pokemon DNA is the interactive interactivity with other people. So each time the game comes out, there's two versions of the game. I mean, most people just buy one, but there are people who buy two. They double dip. And I think that's a factor into the sales. Pay. Also, the Switch, I think that if I remember correctly, the Switch has like an insane inst- installer base. Like there's so many people who have Switches. And just the nature that Pokemon is rated E as opposed to Ragnarok, which is a rated M game. You're aiming for the lowest common denominator in terms of like your reach, right? There's way more kids than there is probably brooding adults who want ragnarok you know what i'm saying i mean it's so, a numbers game it's a numbers game so i mean this, it sounds obvious but how are the games not doing this it's like why isn't call of duty selling a copy where they get a particular set of guns and then this other copy has another set right it's not and the same online, thing, i know i know but there there's some games that have tried to capitalize on this i think of um uh, digimon did that it didn't work nearly as well uh which one call it uh, there was like a Mega Man. There was like a Mega Man Network game that had two versions. Of the same, they did the same thing where it was like blue and white or something like that. Well, the thing is with Pokemon, you have a large selection of Pokemon you need to catch. Yeah, uh, Call of Duty over one thousand Pokemon now. There's over one thousand Pokemon. Call of Duty. I just use that as an example because we all know what that is, right? It's like here's the, here's the Soviet version. Here's the NATO version. <laughs> you have all the Russian, all the all the Soviet weapons, and here's like you have all like the NATO approved weapons. Like, yeah. I want to trade my M14 for your AK. Like, <laughs> that would be funny. But it's just a different model. Pokemon's been that way since the very beginning. So it's not like... I don't look at it as, like, predatory because that's just how it's always been from the beginning. Because they want... they That doesn't not make it predatory. Well, it is because it's the social aspect of... And this is, like, back when... I don't know if you remember this, but, like, when the first ones came out on, like, Game Boy, like, that was, like, the first of its kind where you could do, like... Oh, like there's something in this other game I can't get in my game, so I'm forced to find somebody who has the same game. Because for the most part, throughout human history, video games have been very self-contained. 
experiences. Not, it's not until Xbox Live that we started playing online and stuff. You know what I mean? So, like, I this know. predates video game, like, internet, like, Ethernet and, like, battling and stuff. So, yeah, I don't know what to call it. Like, I, I can't say that it is predatory, but I, if I apply this logic to other things, it's like, it just makes no sense. Like, imagine buying a car where, like, you have a giant wheel and the other three are the same size. So, you gotta go to the other car and swap tires. <laughs> like can i swap this tire man like oh you need the same one i have like we'll switch yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'll trade you this one for the three that you have that are my side i get what you're saying i feel like that comparison obviously fails because you need to have all the right tires for the function of the car to begin with yeah. right i know you're kind of just like you're spitballing here i get it i get it. i know i know what you're trying to say like why don't other games just adopt the interconnect i mean there's some games like animal crossing where like you are encouraged to like uh i, I believe the way brian our cousin brian explained this to me is that uh, there's like an in-game currency in Animal Crossing where you sell like radishes or something like that for money, okay. but not everybody's game has the exact same exchange rate. So let's say it's like you have a copy of Animal Crossing, I have a copy of Animal Crossing. You tell me, oh, like today turnips or whatever are worth 20 coins. And I say, oh, in my game today, turnips are worth 25 coins. So there, there you're encouraged to come into my game to sell your turnips for a higher rate than in your own game. Okay. So that's there is a sense of interconnectivity where it's like it benefits both people or at least no one like suffers. So Pokemon, I think Nintendo in general has always kind of encouraged that kind of interconnectivity with their games. Uh, remember when we talked about like a couple weeks ago, like it'd be cool if you can unlock something in one game and then transfer it to like another game. Yes, that's my idea. This is it, Pokemon embraced that idea like 25 years ago. Where you could transfer Pokemon from one game to the next generation. Like, you could transfer your Pokemon from red and blue to the next gold and silver game. Uh, I'm trying to compare it to other games, but it does make sense in this Pokemon world. <sighs> Sorry, I took a good drink. Absolutely. Um, and then, of course, like I, said, like I mentioned, like Pokemon aims for the lowest denominator in terms of, like, masses, right? Like, kids can play Pokemon. Not all kids can play God of War Ragnarok, right? Other than being on PS4 and PS5, where, like, the optimal version of the game exists right it's like not everybody has access to a ps5 it's just it's just a numbers game in favor of pokemon but it's still crazy i think it's still crazy though because like as um uh, paul tat and it was paul tassi i forgot his name i think it's paul tassi yeah paul tassi talks about here how this game which i'm playing too and our, and our friend miko is playing and other people i know are playing like this game runs horribly johnny it runs horribly uh what it's was- you showed me a montage of some of like the funniest clips of things that were not meant to be funny but are, are funny. Okay, my favorite one of those montages, it's the girl that's spinning her arm like she's throwing a baseball. <laughs> yes. So she's throwing this baseball she's, animation. And she's just like spinning, yeah. And then her head starts to spin. <laughs> and then after her head, it's her entire torso spinning. <laughs> like a freaking helicopter human or something. <laughs> yeah, there's there's things falling off the map. Uh, yeah, I like the one where you're, there's like a battle. The one of the Pokemon is on a slope of on a slope by the river. Oh, and he just and he, down. he just slides yeah, yeah, yeah. down the slope, and the battle just continues as he as if he's there. Yeah, there's some uh, levitations. There's levitations. There's uh, there's like a funny animation where like there's like a battle going on, and another Pokemon comes in and just spins around the battle. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the Pokemon are walking through each other. A uh, guy stepping on the Pokeball. Oh yeah, it's like it's like the catching animation. There's one just like steps on it, like yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like it's it's a uh, it's supposed to be epic, right? Like it's glowing and it shakes, like, uh, and it, it zooms in, and it shakes, and then some guy just steps on the shit. <laughs> it's unintentionally funny. Yeah, this game is really not polished at all. It's 
the frame rate, oh my god, it chugs at points where like the like you know how things fade in in games for draw distance reasons, like the popping. Yeah, the popping. You'll just be walking and just bam, an entire family of Pokemon just pop in front of oh. you, and like it's annoying because sometimes you're trying to avoid a battle, mm-hmm. and the Pokemon literally just pops up in your way, and like now you're in the battle and stuff. It's 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 hilariously bad, uh, but despite that, it's still probably the best Pokemon game I played since like Heart Gold until Silver back in two thousand nine. Because it it technical issues aside, it is it there is so much to do like content wise. There's so many like it's not just about getting the badges. Like Pokemon has always been about just collect the eight badges, then take on like the Elite Four. But here, like you can like go against this enemy team you can also like hunt down very specific like giant sized pokemon who are like hidden across the world after like the first 20 minutes of the game it is open world which is like not really something that's been done in pokemon you can go anywhere in the game and you're not like like being like gated by specific events like in past pokemon games past pokemon games were very linear where you had to do this thing and then do this other thing in a very specific order. And then this one, like after the first 20 minutes, after the proper tutorial, you are free to go wherever you want in the world. The only thing is that the world does not scale to you. So you you can very much run into an area with Pokemon that are way above your level. So you kind of have to be cautious about that. But for the most part, the game doesn't really handhold you as much as every other game in the history of the franchise has. Like, this is, like, Skyrim meets Pokemon, if that makes sense. Like, you can go just do whatever you want. You don't have to follow the main story. You can just go catch and, like, do whatever you want. It's, like, so free and liberating, so I'm loving that. But it's just a shame that the game is just not technically polished. A lot of people, we don't know this for sure, but a lot of people are assuming that Nintendo and the Pokemon company rushed Game Freak, who's, like, the traditional developer of the series, into getting this game ready for the holiday, which they did. But... It, it, man, it's it. The game froze on me once. Like it just crashed on me once. I have never had a Pokemon game crash on me ever, until now. So that's kind of a testament to how just bad and poorly optimized this game is. So it, it, it and he kind of talks about it too. It feels bad. They're kind of rewarding bad behavior. Like this is clearly a rush and unpolished game, and here it is earning like the highest. Yeah, that was the main point for me. It's. It's an unpolished game, and it just shows Nintendo like, hey, we can push it in this condition, and people are still going to fucking buy it. Yeah, that's true. I, I do think that's an issue. Even though, at the, in the same breath, I am praising it's the things they got right with this game. I feel conflicted. I feel conflicted. I feel like we shouldn't be rewarding bad behavior. Yeah, but at I the mean, same time, I am having a blast with it. So, uh. But it's the same thing you did with Cyberpunk. Yeah, yeah, except they fixed Cyberpunk. After, like, two years. After less than two years, it was more like one year. Okay, the point is, it should have been done at launch. Actually, it was like eight months they fixed it. It should months. be, if there's bugs, it should be, like, the major ones. Cyberpunk, after a week Cyberpunk so. is a lesson in over-hyping, over-promising. No, but it was, it was that, but it was also, like, insanely broken. On last-gen hardware, which it never should have been on in the first place. Should have never been on PS4. You can say that for all the games. You can say that for God of War. I play God of War and I'm like, how is this fucking working on my console? No, but God of War is way more contained. You don't have like hundreds of NPCs on the screen when you're playing God of War. You have small arena like areas. You don't have an open world like city. Actually, you do. For the most part, you're like, like you lift this rock, duck under, drop the rock, and you're like in this small area. There's a whole open world in God of War. Yeah, but you have things to like hide the loading too, though. Which is a convention of PS4 design. You have to like hide the loading. There's moments where I play. I do that in PS5. I'm like, if this wasn't a PS4 game, I wouldn't be doing this thing right now. 
in terms of like, oh, lift this rock, sc- scurry it, hug the wall to like kind of shimmy across. Like all those things are not for gameplay purposes. They're there to basically load the next area or slow you down. Yeah, but I heard one of the producers say that they actually aren't doing that in this game. They're do- yeah, they're they're doing it so like the f- you don't get lost in terms of going back to an earlier area. They're yeah, kinda, they're kind of trying to like kind of like it's more of a funnel than it is. Yeah, it's like in a museum where they kind of move you onto the next exhibit kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You don't you never go backwards, right? That is true. They do that sometimes. They do do that. I for- think that was the case for eighteen, but for Ragnarok, I think they were specific in saying that they weren't doing this for the purpose of loading. I could see, yeah, I could see that. But and also, there is an open world that you did not discover. But I don't feel like all. Of, I don't think every instance of that is just for that. I think there is at least a couple instances where it is just let's let this thing load. Okay, that's fine. I, I agree with that. So, anyway, I think it's. It, I think it's just funny because I'm pretty sure Pokemon costs nowhere near as much as Ragnarok to make. And, like, we're kind of... This reminds me, if you remember uh, Sean Layden talking about how, like, AAA video games are unsustainable in terms of, like, sales. No, no. I think we are kind of seeing that, though. I know he's a I know he's a pro and everything. Like, he, he's, he was a fucking head of that shit, right? The PlayStation, yeah. But at the same time, when you consider things like um, fucking... What the hell is it called? Right? No, nah, like, you know, when, the, when they generate themselves, you know? What's generate themselves like uh, character creators no 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 no. they generate it'll, themselves. it'll come to it just keep going procedurally generated yes what about that i don't know if you've seen uh, the like video. dungeon crawlers where like the level is different each time you go in kind of thing yeah that but in the future we're gonna have it to the point where where it's like hey here are some photos here's the inspiration just develop a version of this oh like the ar created art kind of thing. yeah the ai created art that gives you like It'll give you like keywords and like, bam, here's the thing. All you tell it is like, uh, I want these eyes. I want this beak. I want this color, etc. You just give it text and then it'll generate a photo of an entirely different bird. Right. Within the parameters that you gave it. So in the future, I think we're kind be... of already seeing that kind of stuff too, actually. Like there's like, some... you get me? No, I'm just thinking of AI art. Like, we're yeah, that's what I'm it. saying. I would say I don't know if with video games we've seen that. I think I think the text still not there. That would cause a lot of QA quality no, I'm not, issues. I'm not, I'm not saying it is there yet, but yeah. if, if you look to ten years and then we have a, a good amount of that, that that should definitely bring down. I was costs. listening to that on Colin's last stand recently. We were talking about like how in the future, like saying a game is like handcrafted by people is going to be like a luxury or like a premium thing. Because it does seem like we're heading towards like simplifying, simplifying, like let the assets auto generate, simplify. Yeah, a lot of the assets and as also the writing, like the AI can generate their, its, its own stories now. Can it generate good stories? They're pretty fucking close. Uh, We're talking like a, uh, god damn, my memory is shit today. It's alright, John. It's alright. Yeah, I recall the point I was trying to make. It's uh, AI creating things to the to the level of Shakespeare. Um, are we there yet? Shakespeare level writing? Yeah, there's some examples. I saw, I saw this because you were because you just told me about this. I saw somebody fed an AI like I think it was like 50 Batman comics, uh-huh. and it generated like a Batman story from using those. And it was just the way it was written was hilarious. Where it was like, it was like, oh, the Joker and Two Face show up, and then Batman's like, oh no, like Two Face, and the Joker, oh no, One Face, <laughs> like, like it still had some kinks to work out. But like the mistakes it made were hilarious. Like yeah, yeah. Like all like all like the dialogue was just like so like it feels very stiff, but like unintentionally funny. Yeah, but I think I, I the AI is is good to the point where you can give it a script, 
and the AI can have a better prediction for the ending than a human would. Oh, okay. So it like it already knows what the script should be. It knows you know? the tropes like, yeah, yeah, way better than a human can. Know but the but the point of that, as far as like writing for film and video games, is it's <laughs> capable enough where it can give you a massive, a lot of dialogue, mm-hmm. and it can give you a giant script. Sure. And then the person just has to go through and read it, and then just pick out the little parts that don't make sense, right? And try to make little adjustments. But it it would save a ton of time, you know, and that would keep the cost low. Yeah, I mean, I could see that for, like, oh, we need, like, I don't know. Let's say there's, like, ten different textures for what ground should be in any given area, right? And it's, like, you know what I mean? It's like, in Pokemon, it's funny, like, in a lot of games where you can see, like, you can see the overlapping textures where it slowly transitions to the next environment. Mm-hmm. But there's, like, that color overlap that just doesn't, you wouldn't see in a natural world. You know what I mean? Where, like... The like oh we're getting to the ocean now so now this dirt texture is gonna slowly slowly turn blue, but it's still the dirt texture just blue now because we're transitioning. You know what I mean? Like that weird yeah. ugly like overlap. Yeah, well when you're going through a video game and you're creating all these all these textures and all this all these transitions, like every single like square foot is gonna take time, right? Mm-hmm. To to create. But if you're looking at things like uh, Unreal Engine, where are five? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Unreal Engine five, they have um. They have a system where they just go to a location and they scan the entire fucking place. Oh, I heard about this. Yeah, so yeah. they can scan Grand Canyon. They can scan Himalayas, everything. They so look- they did this for, uh, shoot, it was, I think it was Morrowind, one of the older, like, Elder Scrolls games. Mm-hmm. And they did, like, a smart AI where, like, the AI retextured everything, like, on its own mm-hmm. just by knowing what should be there. And, like, the game looks now like a PS5-style game. Like, yeah. it's the same layout. The layouts are the same. The lay- I mean, that's completely different. You can't change the layouts. But the textures, like, for the candles, for, like, the library of books. It's, like it's like a library. Like, the books, like, all of it looks like a completely different new game. Other than just the layout being the same, obviously. But, like, yeah. the textures were, like, like, it was, like, AI Unreal Engine 5, like, auto-generated, like. And they're, what they're trying to do now is they're trying to, like, make it more accessible so you can, like, go back to old games and make them look new again. Yeah. Which is crazy. So it's something like that. Like, you're talking about the Pokemon thing. Mm-hmm. If you scanned all these places, Dude. all you really have to work on is, like, the level layout, you know? You have... Like, does all... it make sense, the design? Yeah, it yeah. doesn't make sense to walk through this thing. But all the, like, the tedious little stuff is already designed. And then you just got to work on the little scenes. Like, the like fruit textures or the leaves on a tree. Like, the... the I always call, like, kind of, like, the supplemental stuff that's not, like... And not just that. Uh... If you're looking at Unreal Engine 5, do you remember the demo where you can take something from ZBrush? You know what ZBrush is, right? Uh, no, you have to tell uh, me. <laughs> ZBrush is like... Um, it's like a paint. It's, it's like, like a paint thing. It's like modeling with clay. clay. Oh. But every single mm. stroke that you take mm-hmm. is is copied onto like your model, right? Right. But in some of these games, like on PS4, when you take a model, you have to optimize for those models. So you take that you could take the ZBrush model and then you put it into into your game, but then you have to like scale it down. You get what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. it can't render all those little all those little edges, all the little hairs whatever. Right. But now on the new engines, you just transition the damn thing, you can make fucking thousands of copies of this and you don't have to like optimize it anymore. You don't have to go in there with art like you just buy the thing and you just throw it in there. It's like a port, it. like HD port. Yeah, and you don't have to spend time like trying to modify it so it's even able to run in the engine. It's like it's like okay, I know what you're trying to do here. I'll take it from here, kind of thing. 
Right. Uh, sort of. I mean, I, I'm playing fast and loose with it. Like, with, with the, the AI is not going to say that, right? But that's like the mentality, if you could call it, of the AI. But that's not even AI. I don't know if I could call that AI, though. It's kind of like the script, right? You kind of just plug in and it just does the thing. Like, free automatically. It's just like, okay, there, done. Uh, nah. I'm oversimplifying it, obviously, but... I'll show you the video later. All right, so yeah. you know exactly what I'm we'll talking We'll come back about. to this later. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you for sharing that. Let's move on to our next story, Johnny. And this one's hilarious just because I, I feel like, like, are you familiar with the term oppression Olympics where you, it's you yes. and somebody else trying to race for the bottom in terms of like, who has it worse? Yeah. I would say Microsoft and PlayStation are playing the oppression Olympics in a sense of each one is trying to see who's more sympathetic. And it's funny. So let's just get let's just get into it. Uh, this is written by Ed Nightingale. No way that's his real name. That's got to be like a pen name or something. That's cool, though. It says, Microsoft admits many PlayStation exclusives better quality than those on Xbox. And the subtitle just says iconic, which I love. Like, that's like his like little, like, this little, like, one-liner about this. It says, Microsoft has admitted, as a, has admitted that Sony has more exclusive games that are, quote, better quality, end quote, than its own. The statement comes in documents pertaining to Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard, which have just been released. In Microsoft's response to the CMA's issued statements, it claims the proposed merger is pro-competitive due to Sony standing as the dominant platform holder. Quote, In addition to being the dominant console provider, Sony is also a powerful game publisher, reads the response from Microsoft. Sony is roughly equivalent in size to Activision and nearly double the size of Microsoft's game publishing business, end quote. Sony's exclusive party franchises include God of War, Last of Us, and the recently acquired Destiny 2 are described as, quote, iconic, end quote. There were over 200, I'm sorry, quote, there were over 280 exclusive first and third party, that third party titles on PlayStation in 2021. Nearly five times as many as on Xbox, end quote. Later in the document, to, pr- to prove the merger would have no a- anti-competitive effect, Microsoft states, quote, Sony has more exclusive games than Microsoft, many of which are better quality, end quote. Johnny, we need to slap that on a shirt, I think. We need to get that printed on a shirt somewhere. Quote, both Sony's and Nintendo's exclusives first-party games rank among the best-selling in Europe and worldwide, end quote, it reads. Quote again, current Sony exclusive content includes prominent first-party titles such as The Last of Us, Ghost of Tsushima, God of War, and Spider-Man, end quote. It also suggests that Sony has entered into arrangements with third-party publishers which require the exclusion of Xbox from the set of platforms these publishers can distribute their games on. This includes Final Fantasy VII Remake, Bloodborne, Final Fantasy XVI, and the Silent Hill 2 Remake as examples. It's also claimed that console exclusives account for a higher percentage of global game sales for PlayStation than for Xbox, though specific figures have been removed. It's suggested for Nintendo these proportions would be even higher due to, quote, the importance of Nintendo's exclusive first-party portfolio, end quote. Quote, it is implausible that Sony... The leading console with a more than two to one lead would be foreclosed as a result of not having access to a single franchise. So clearly they're alluding to Call of Duty here. The document claims referring to specifically to, yeah, to Call of Duty. Microsoft additionally comments on Nintendo's exclusive games claiming it, quote, offers a broader range of mature content than Xbox. I don't know if that's true. Wait for what? It says Microsoft additionally comments on Nintendo's exclusive games claiming it, quote, 
offers a broader range of mature content than Xbox, end quote. I don't even get that. It's it's implying that Nintendo has yeah. more mature content than xbox How? i don't know that doesn't make sense to me well i mean if they're saying that xbox doesn't deliver games i think you kind of see that yeah i think it's what they're trying to get at quote the cma has mischaracterized the nintendo switch as being predominantly for families such a characterization neglects the fact that more mature adult game okay that's true adult like lewd kind of games adult games are available on the switch and are actively marketed including on switch's youtube channel said microsoft Quote, Nintendo's use of innovation should not detract from the fact that it is still offering a console experience that competes with Xbox and Sony and has been able to successfully do so without Call of Duty being on its platform. Dis- oh, okay, I get what they're trying to get at. Despite previous Nintendo consoles having Call of Duty content. Last month, Microsoft's financial results showed that its Game Pass subscription service had missed growth targets for the second year in a row. A lack of prominent exclusives is widely seen as a key reason. Then again... Obsidian's Josh Sawyer admitted that unique games like Exclusive Pentiment wouldn't have been possible without Game Pass. Sony, meanwhile, has refused to add its exclusives to PS Plus on day one, and they continue to sell very well. Johnny, this is kind of like a no after you. No, I insist after you. Like, like it's hilarious how Microsoft has gone so far to secure this Activision deal. Like, they're actively saying like. Like yeah, we're creatively bankrupt compared to PlayStation. Like, yeah, that's kind of crazy. I would never, I never thought I would see the day where Microsoft would be like, oh yeah, like Sony makes better quality games than us. Like, yeah, something, uh, something Sony also did is they threw uh, Battlefield under the bus just to say, hey, we can't just survive on just Battlefield. Like that's not oh, gonna that's cover. right. Like Battlefield is like so far behind Call yeah, of Duty. Yeah, like it's, it's like a diss to yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. It is. This is so such a weird thing. Like this, I don't think we've ever seen anything like this. Where like, aside from maybe like the uh, the what was it the uh, who makes Fortnite again? Uh, Epic, right? Yeah. Epic and Apple, like that thing we saw like about two years ago or so, where like they were like in the headlines because they were like battling it out, and like there was so much stuff coming out, like embarrassing stuff from both sides. Yeah, but what's interesting about this is that Microsoft is saying like the oppression Olympics things. But what they're saying is kind of true in a sense of, like, we don't got that many games, that type of shit. They're, like, admitting it. And uh, part of this, uh, I think it was two weeks ago that I sent you the article where it was, like, they were saying, where Xbox was admitting that they have, that Sony has about five times more exclusives. Yeah, it was referencing that. Oh, it was there? Yeah, it was. I read that part. But it's, like, they're being honest about their, their failures, which is interesting. They're not just, like, bullshitting. Yeah. It's, like, straight fucking honesty. And, and You have to imagine it's painful for them to say that, but it's necessary if they want to get this deal approved. But it's interesting, because if you have a, a fan of Xbox... Huh? Like tapping the table. Oh. It's interesting. If you're a fan of Xbox and you want them to buy uh, Activision... Cool, it favors you, but they're, at the same time, they're exposing all their dirty laundry. Yeah, so that fan at the same time would be like, "Well, I'm not even all that interested in Call of Duty. Like, if you're telling me PlayStation has more exclusives of like the shit that I like, yeah. well, why the fuck don't I just leave to Sony? You know? Yeah, it's it's like cutting your nose to spite your face, kind of thing. Yes, where, like, yeah, yeah. 
Like you're long, like I'm trying to really get this thing, but man, I'm gonna like sell my soul and my dignity, everything to get to this deal like signed. And I have seen those videos from fanboys saying like, "What the what the fuck are you doing, Xbox? Like you're just shitting all over yourself. You're shitting the bed." It's hilarious, just because I think what it is is just like we're in the social media age where every like everything gets aired, everybody gets to see everything unfold like in real time, and like we just have Xbox because like. I, there was another article I forgot to reference in here. There's another article saying like this deal could very much sink in the UK. Like they might really just stop the acquisition like overseas. Yeah, and Xbox has already. And Xbox, it. this is like yeah, their yeah, desperate yeah. hour where they're throwing whatever they can to see what sticks. That sounds like desperation. Yeah, they're just like like no 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 like like we're like we need this deal. Like PlayStation so ahead of us, and then like the fact that they drag in Nintendo. We're like hey, like Nintendo is like one of the best selling like platforms for like first person games, and like they don't even have Call of Duty. So even if PlayStation doesn't have Call of Duty, they'll be fine because Nintendo's fine without Call of Duty already. Yeah, and as far as the, the marketing on Sony's end, uh, as of late, as of like the last two years, I don't think it's been all that great. A little bit of inconsistencies, right? Mm-hmm. But the one thing that they've been honest about, because we all fucking know it, mm-hmm. is that PlayStation Plus hasn't been keeping up with Game Pass. That's true, right? Yeah. So. I think that's a stronger argument than I Xbox he- has. I heard somebody. Oh shit! I can't remember. I heard a podcast. Yeah, as far as competition, go ahead. I heard another podcast mention that PlayStation was supposed to already do another state of play by now. Yeah. And the only reason they haven't done it is because of this deal where they can't flaunt like, oh, here's all the stuff coming to PlayStation. Like they they can't flaunt what's coming to PlayStation in light of this whole like, oh, like we don't we need to compete with with Microsoft like. Like they're purposely holding back their plan. I don't know if it's true or not. I could I could see it going 50-50, like false but also true, where they're purposely of delaying some of their promotions and kind of stuff, just to sites just to not add fuel to Xbox's like argument. Which oh, could, because if the content is good, then wait. well, they say oh, we have all these like you know when they do the studio plays like oh, here's all the like, new games that are announced for like PlayStation. Like so, the reason I may not believe that is because PlayStation has a stack of other games of their maybe exclusives. That they can have a state of play, mm-hmm. and then this Activision thing would be a state of play later. Like it wouldn't, they wouldn't have to mix these. No, no, no. I'm not talking about that. Like they're trying to avoid flaunting new games coming to PlayStation to avoid adding more fuel to Microsoft's argument about PlayStation being like this top tier, oh. high quality game factory churning machine. Like well, they're purposely avoiding certain promotions to not draw like attention. What could that be though? Because now I'm curious about, like, what could they... I don't know. Probably just new games maybe from the first-party studios. I don't know. Yeah, but it would be... I have no idea to speculate what that could possibly be. You think that would be a factor, too? Because I was I, thinking you were The saying... only reason I don't think that's true, and somebody else also mentioned this, and I think that's... I'm, I'm, I'm piggybacking off of something else I heard from somebody else, is that a lot of those promotions, a lot of those deals for, like, promoting games are locked in way in advance. So they could not just potentially hold off on these announcements forever. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Without that's like sabotaging thing. these other like partners they're working with. Because if it was Sony partnering with Activision, or look at the cool stuff that we have that they're developing that uh, we've helped them produce. Right, like the Callisto Protocol thing where we're helping with Callisto, right? Kind of. Yeah. So the argument on Xbox is in would be like, look at all the cool shit that they have. Yeah, they're doing it'd fine. be like playing into their hands, kind of thing. Yeah, and then what I said earlier, I think still applies, but if Sony comes out, I was saying like, why can't they just separate their main IP, Sony's IPs, to the to the Activision and just have two separate, like just a third party state of play. But if Sony comes out with amazing like 
first party uh, games, mm. then yeah, Xbox could be like, look at the amazing shit. We're finally bringing out. back Ape Escape, and Xbox is like, look, yeah, look yeah, at yeah, what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, this drama is so fascinating, just because. I admittedly, I told you I'm tired of talking about this, but like, they're still like, it's like they're kind of like embarrassing themselves on a public forum. I don't think Sony's done that. Like, I, this, I don't... No, but if some, Sony has come off as whiny, though, is what I'm saying. Like, oh, for sure. It's and they're kind of both... Whiny. Yeah, they're both doing this. Like I said, they're racing for the bot- the sympathy for at the bottom to, like, get their way out of this deal. And it's just really... It's sad, but it's also hilarious to watch at the same time. I just don't think Sony... I don't think Sony has shit the bed and... Like, they're not shitting on themselves. Mm-hmm. Talking about, like, our games aren't getting enough, you know? Yeah. We don't have enough exclusives. Like, the quality isn't as good. And then Xbox like, is like, no! Xbox but the exclusives you have are really, really good. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just the, funny. the only thing Sony has shit on is uh, the Game Plus, right? Or what is it PlayStation called? Plus, yeah. PlayStation Plus. But, I mean, we all... That's very apparent yeah, to everybody. Yeah, Game Pass is clearly better there, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's funny. It's so, it's so interesting. We didn't even want to talk about this topic, and here we are, like... Just going all over the place. Yeah. Um, so, oh, let's go into this last article that kind of is very closely tied into this. Uh, this one's from IGN by Adam Bankers. It says the FTC, so that's the Federal Trade Federal Trade Commission. Trade Commission. Thank you, Johnny. Thank. You. I was gonna say I was gonna say FFC. That's the Federal Communicate uh, FCC. That communi- different. Anyways, is reportedly likely to file an antitrust lawsuit to block the Microsoft and Activision deal says Activision Blizzard has responded to the report from Politico saying that any suggestion that the deal between Microsoft and Activision could lead to, quote, anti-competitive effects is completely absurd, end quote. Furthermore, Activision is ready to battle against any of these claims to ensure the deal will close. It says any suggestion that the transaction could lead to anti-competitive effects is completely absurd. An Activision Blizzard spokesperson said to IGN, this merger will benefit gamers and the U.S. gaming industry, especially as we face increasingly stiff competition from abroad. Hmm. Referencing Asia, maybe, Johnny? Well, yeah. Okay. We are committed to continuing to work cooperatively with regulators around the globe to allow the transaction to proceed, but won't hesitate to fight to defend the transaction if required. It says the original story follows. So it says the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, Johnny was right, is reportedly likely to file an antitrust lawsuit to block the $68.7 billion deal that would see Microsoft acquiring Activision Blizzard. As reported by Politico, this news comes by way of three people with knowledge of the matter, and they stress that this lawsuit is not guaranteed. The FTC's four commissioners have taken the time to vote out a complaint or haven't, I'm sorry, have not taken the time to vote out a complaint or even meet with the lawyers for Microsoft and Activision. But the FTC staff reviewing the deal are, quote, skeptical of the company's arguments, end quote. As for where the deal stands, much of the heavy lifting has been completed, including deposits of Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella and Activision CEO Bobby Kotick. This means a decision on a potential antitrust lawsuit could arrive as soon as December. The main crux of the problem according to the FTC, is some worry this deal will give, quote, Microsoft an unfair boost in the video game market, end quote. Sony has obviously been one of the biggest opponents against the deal, and the question of where Call of Duty will appear has been one of the hottest topics. Despite Xbox head Phil Spencer stating that Call of Duty will continue to ship on PlayStation as long as there's a PlayStation to ship to, there are still concerns with what other issues this deal may create. Sony has previously said that Microsoft is a, quote, tech titan 
buying up irreplaceable content at incontestable prices. $68.7 billion to tip competition to itself, end quote. There are concerns beyond Call of Duty, however, as there is worry that what future mega-hit titles will do to tip the scales if they are locked behind one platform. Google is also said to be against the deal, claiming Microsoft has, quote, purposely degraded the quality of its Game Pass subscription service when used with Google's Chrome operating system, end quote. If the deal were to go through, it believes it would, quote, further Microsoft's incentive to do so, end quote. So now it looks like Microsoft has an enemy with Google. Yeah. It says Microsoft has disputed many of these claims and acknowledges that even after the deal closes, it would still be in third place. Quote, we'll still trail Sony and Tencent in the market. Oh, I was thinking they're talking about Nintendo. Sony and tr- Tencent in the market after the deal closes. And together, Activision and Xbox will benefit gamers and developers and make the industry more competitive. Microsoft spokesperson David Cuddy said. Alongside the FTC, regulators in Europe and the UK have also launched in-depth probes, meaning the deal likely won't close until the spring at the earliest. Microsoft and Activision have until July 2023 to close the deal, or they will have to renegotiate the agreement. That's the end of the article, Johnny. I like this little part where Google's like, like, let me chime in right here. Where Google is saying, uh, they said... uh, that Microsoft has purposely degraded the quality of its Game Pass subscription service when used with Google's Chrome operating system. I have not heard about that. That's interesting because Microsoft desperately wants to get on PlayStation, and if they're degrading it like that, that's like Google saying like like hold on like Microsoft already has too much control like don't like don't do like it's just funny for someone to come in and be like you know it's like if anybody objects to the why these two should be married, let them speak now or and then. Google comes in like I yeah, object, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but it feels like it feels like Microsoft is saying like, "Hey, yeah, we're gonna buy this IP, but we're still gonna share." But we're still gonna share time, Call of Duty, like as long as there is like, a PlayStation. We're still gonna share. It's like Microsoft saying we're still gonna share this pizza, but when they give you the pizza, they're like, "It's already been licked and bitten." You know, it's degraded. Right. I, I that was funny because they said like, "Oh, like even when this goes through, we're still like in third place in terms of, like Sony has so much more, and also Tencent has like way, way more." Yeah, the beginning of the article was interesting because it was saying for the benefit of right the gamers and for they said for the U.S. gaming uh, market is that the word they use? They say U.S. Oh, the U.S. gaming industry. Yeah, this merger will benefit gamers and the U.S. gaming industry, especially as we face increasingly stiff competition from abroad. Yeah, that part. That's the fascinating part because is it saying that if if a different company if Tencent wanted to buy them the FTC wouldn't allow it to happen? I don't think they I'm not I don't know how that works because Tencent's a Chinese company. I don't know if the Federal Trade Commission has any input on foreign purchases. I don't know how that works. Microsoft is an American company. Yeah, but that's... I don't know how that works. I I don't have the knowledge but that's still interesting because if they can't do anything about it how is it benefiting gamers if tencent if in yeah fact, can they come and purchase I, th- it? I think microsoft is selling themselves as the least worst option saying like i believe that for sure yeah like 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 these like it's better us than you know fear-mongering like than them kind of thing yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> which i do I believe yeah, i do yeah. believe i think that's I think that's what they're trying to evoke. Like, this is good, not just for gamers, but it's good for the U.S. Like, it's trying to, like, you know what I mean? They're trying to appeal to that Western kind of, like, us against them kind of thing. It's, it's almost like fear-mongering, but I don't know how, I don't think they're necessarily wrong. But uh, did Microsoft say that? Or did, uh, no, it says right here. 
It says, uh, or was oh, it the FTC. Oh no, an Activision. Uh, here it is. It says any suggestion the transaction could lead to anti-competitive effects is completely absurd. An Activision Blizzard spokesperson said to IGN, "This merge." Okay, so it's a spokesperson for Activision Blizzard. So not Microsoft, Activision Blizzard, who's saying like this is a good purchase for all of us involved. Yeah, but they're trying to be sold. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I like. I, I think it's funny how they're trying to appeal to like the U.S. sentimentism or sentimental. Like I don't know. I have to think that over. Like I like the line. The line sounds great, right? Like this will benefit gamers and the U.S. gaming industry, right especially them, as yeah. we face increasingly stiff competition from abroad. Yeah. Abroad just sounds menacing for some reason. Abroad, like like some foreign. They're coming over the hills. Yeah, like they're coming over the hills, kind of abroad. It just sounds funny, like like it's us versus them or something. But that's like. But I Activision. do kind of agree with it. No, no, yeah. I mean, I think most of us would agree that like better Microsoft, like you know, they say better the enemy you know than the enemy you don't, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So, not saying that Microsoft is an enemy. I'm just saying, like, because we're just against. I, I think I speak. I, don't, I speak for myself. I don't know about Johnny, but like, I don't like consolidation. But in the yeah, face, but likely. when you're faced with two different kinds of consolidation, one is clearly the preferred mm-hmm. form of that. So, interesting stuff this week, Johnny. Interesting stuff. A lot of this stuff just like popped up in the last two days. I was like, oh man, we're gonna have like a really slow episode, but no, we have plenty of stuff to talk about. It's been a pretty exciting episode so far. Um. All right, uh, maybe we should start making predictions and then try to try to carry that prediction see how long. Okay, is Microsoft going to get it? I, if you asked me like two months ago, I would have said, yeah, now I, I'm really not sure. I, I, it's like 60, 60, 40 in favor. I, for me, I feel like it's 60, 40 in the favor of Microsoft. Yeah, but this FTC thing is brand new. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. I feel 60-40 in light of all of this news. It's 60-40 for me. I think. That they're not going to get it? That they are going to. 60-40. Barely. So barely, yes. Still a big chunk no. But See, the, the FD, FTC just came in, and now Google is putting their thumb on the scale. Yeah. So it's like, who else is going to come and try yeah. to block this? Well, obviously, it's PlayStation, right? PlayStation already, Google. They're doing the thing now where they're allowing anybody who has any input to come in and say something. Which is funny because it's not open. It, not only is that open to companies, Johnny, it's open to individuals. So I have to wonder if the FTC is getting ma- mail from like fanboys who are like angry about this or whatever. Which is funny how this works. Because well, they're open now to public grievances now. Which is really funny to me. Oh, well, there is more plays on PlayStation. So are you are you gonna write a are you gonna write a letter to the FTC, Johnny? I, mean, like, I don't you, care. I don't care. Sony. Takes. No, but are you gonna say like 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 let them have it? Like this is wor- this is like the best worst scenario. <laughs> Man, I'm kind of on on both ends. I mean, you already voted in the THQ thing last time with the poll. What's what's to stop you from participating? You know, getting off the bench again here for what you believe in, or don't believe in? I guess. Okay. So I I see all this I see all the arguments but I can't I'm having a hard time quantifying it like because it's all theoretical like like Nintendo's gonna have a hard time and Sony and I'm like really like I don't care about Call of Duty so for me as a PlayStation fan I don't give a shit if it gets bought by by Microsoft right and then Microsoft is gonna share that pie and they're gonna try to have the service on Google mm-hmm. and on PlayStation. But it's gonna be a lower in quality. I don't know if it's a big factor to me. Like, okay. I think I think playing on PlayStation is more of that artisan feeling to me. It's not more. It's not as casual as Xbox. For sure, yeah. PlayStation definitely feels like more Oscar, if you want to call it that. Crafty, much more cinematic than 
some would argue maybe too cinematic over gameplay, but that's here neither here nor there. Johnny, what have we been playing? Hmm? I've just been playing uh, God War. Yeah, so I completed Ragnarok. I know you completed Ragnarok before me. Yeah. What a fantastic game. What? Just just the way it completely blows God of War 2018 like in every single way out of the water. Like uh, okay, from well, a music standpoint, from a gameplay, from a cinematic story, every s- sense of also, because I'm playing on five, PS5, so the haptics. Yeah. So, Every sense that interact with with the game, probably not smell or taste, because that's impossible. But vision, hearing, uh, feedback, all of it is so much better in this game than it was ever was in the 2018 one. Yeah. So of, of course, I don't want to get too deep in this. No, we want to do a future episode where yeah. we just dive fully into like a full spoiler cast. Yeah. These are just. I think these should just stick to short impressions, of, surface level of yeah. the finishing. Of the completion of the game. And sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm content with it. I'm content with the story went. I do have some gripes that'll be for the later pod. But overall, I'm happy. Like, all the questions that I have mm-hmm. for where the series is going to go next. Um, I mean, that's kind of left a little open-ended, I think. Sort of. Uh, it should be, of course. But I think everything gets satisfi- satisfactorily... Uh, everything to my satisfaction is kind of answered or at the very least, like, fulfill in some way. No, there's still questions from 2018. But I think it's okay. Like, the stuff they didn't answer, it's okay because it sets up the third one. Well, there's not going to be a third, like, Norse, Nordic. No, no. Uh, but it's God of War. It should be a different pantheon of gods. For sure. I think, I, th- I think, I think that is, that would have to be the next. If we're leaving, like, the, you know, the Nordic area, we're going to have to go to a different pantheon, different part of the world um just this, this game is just really great i complete like every gripe i have with the combat like is taken care of here like there's so many options a robust like combat system the party member system like it just it just feels so good to play uh obviously on ps5 it, it looks buttery smooth and everything did you enjoy the third weapon yeah I, I actually you know what i actually started using the third more once i got the third weapon i think i started using that as my primary yeah just because of, I think everybody said that. Really, I thought I was in the minority because I really do like the Blades of Chaos. I yeah. really I love using the blades just for the range and the speed. But like when it wasn't, when it I didn't need the Leviathan Axe for like a specific enemy type or like because you know I have like the elemental health bars you have to like chip away at first, right? Mm-hmm. When you're not doing that, I'm pretty much always using using the third weapon just because. Well, did you get the the sense where I told you like this is your middle weapon? Like, it's going to feel like a middle weapon. Like yeah. Your, your axe does one thing. Yeah, it does fill in the range and close combat, like, the middle kind of thing. Yeah. Two, I think it actually has better range than the blades, but... Uh, no, it does. Yeah, it does, but I like the... I still the, don't want to say damn name. I know, but I like the, the, the triangle button use of, like, the mechanics of the gun... Oh, that the gun. Of the weapon. <laughs> it's not a gun. Yeah, when you make it, like... A, I'm trying. To oh yeah, 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 I love the how it's not like oh like you got your hits in. Now it's also like if you got this many hits now that here's like this extra bonus thing. Yeah, that's satisfying because because with that extra bonus thing, you can block if they're about to attack. You. Yeah, it's right. so, it sort of serves as like an interrupter. Kind it of keeps thing. them at bay. Yeah, but also it makes sense story wise why you need it for that particular boss battle. Where it's like, where I was in that, I'm not gonna go on spoilers, but like 
there's a you need this weapon for a specific boss battle and for me it wasn't immediately clear why until finally like you know mimir kind of edges you on it's like oh that's how you're supposed yeah that's how you're supposed to use it because the boss doesn't know how this weapon works and yeah, like, because oh. that, the thing with that boss is he sees everything coming. Yeah. And he's able to block and dodge everything you throw at him. Yeah, he's kind of like Taskmaster where he can just like... like He's like the Marvel's Taskmaster where he can see every attack like coming like from a intuition slash luck or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But he can't see like the the secondary purpose of the weapon. Exactly. Yeah. Which is really cool. And it, it plays really well into that. But also it just feels fun to use. It just feels really nice. It reminds me of like... Without spoilers, another weapon from Horizon, which I, which also is my favorite weapon in Horizon, which is very, it functions very similarly. And I know you, you probably know which one I'm talking about because it's another range weapon that you, that's introduced in the newest Horizon that you didn't have in the previous Thinking one. About it, I don't... It's the same There's kind of feel thing. Those, though. It has three purposes. There's an explosive version and there's like a version of it for targeting specific body parts. Okay, I can't say anything. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yes. Okay, yeah, Johnny, Johnny got it. That was actually one of my favorite ones in Horizon, too. It's this. It's also my favorite weapon in this here, too. Because not only not only was it uh, tactical for retreat, yeah. but, if, but it was very heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I think we're, like, talking a little too vaguely for the audience. Yeah. Um, but uh, as far as... Aside from the weapons, I like everything in the damn game the, the way it ends point. man the oh, way it... the ending was great dude. oh my god like i didn't cry but i came so close i came so close just to have the everything thematically wrapped back around from where we started off at the very beginning of 2018 i don't know if you consider With crying the... but i did like tear up yeah no for sure i felt that too like just like the use of certain phrases coming back again, but yeah. in a new context yeah, yeah. like i love that i love when they do thematic like kind of recircling you know, you know, we're talking about closing, closing your heart to it. And then like yeah. what he says now is like, oh, my God, like such great writing. Just everything. Oh, my God. I cannot. I mean, I want to say more, but I really want to save it for later just because. The spoiler cast. Yeah. Um, I did three. I did three of the side quests, which infinitely better than any of the side quests in the previous game. There's like way more story. They're not you, even side quests, dude. They're called side quests because you don't have to do them. Exactly. But they're so fucking. They're nasty. more like character specific kind of like lore quest, I would say, because they do. I feel like each one I've done so far focuses on a specific character close to Kratos, mm-hmm. and you kind of learn more about their motivations, more of their personality. Whereas in the first in God of War 2018, you're doing these side quests. It feels kind of just like fetch quests. To, oh, go here, destroy this. I still enjoy them, but this is like ridiculous for a side quest. Yeah, like like I like, do not skip the side quest. Like I, I skip some of them just because I wanted to beat the game. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I didn't do all of them, but the ones I played, where I'm like, oh, I'm glad I played this. Yeah, uh, this is a, a tiny spoiler, but I, I'm spoiling it because people need to go out of the way to find this, and it's an entire section of the map that's completely optional, that's as big, if not bigger. Than one of the the realms that you're supposed to do in the story, mm-hmm. and this place is, uh, I forgot the down realm, but there's a section where you're where you're chasing a fucking pig, and then that's <laughs> you're just chasing the little footprints. I'm not gonna tell you how you get there, but you follow him, uh-huh. and then he leads you to a location, and then somehow you get transported to this other place, and this is the section where I was talking about. It's called the crater, where it's completely open open world. Mm-hmm. There's a a lot of things to do there. Did you take? Did you try any of the optional berserker bosses? 
Those are the toughest ones. Yeah. Those uh, are like the Valkyries of this game, huh? Yeah, I missed where the... you Where you put the sword hilt thing and whatever. I missed the Valkyries because of the presentation. Like, you would walk into a Valkyrie layer, mm-hmm. and it was... It was uh, I believe every time it was a door. So you have you have the sense of, like, the I finally sh- got in here. And then once you get in there for the Valkyries, yeah. they just look awesome because they have their wings. The wings are more graceful. And they're all, like, encased in a tomb. Yeah. And then they just open up. And they f- they f- they flap their fucking wings, and they all have different tactics. Just the presentation for those was all- was awesome. the The new ones here are still cool, but it's not. Oh, it doesn't hard as hell. They're tough, dude. They're tough. I could not. I faced only one of them. I'm like, oh no, like I I'm completely outclassed. I need to come back here later. Because uh, well, it was it was during the middle of the story when you first get. At- I think Mimir even warns you, like, oh, like. Like, hey, like, I think this thing goes here, but if you do, like, prepare for a fight, like, like expect it to be hard. And I was like, oh, we're just going to try it just to see. And, like, I think maybe I got, like, one-fifth of the health bar before I died, did the resurrection stone, and then died immediately right again right after. I'm like, oh, I'm not ready for this. There's, they all fight different, right? Right, just, Some like, the Valkyries. Like, just like the Valkyries, yeah. Some are insanely difficult. They all have different movesets. Did you beat any of them yet? I think I'd be too. Oh, okay. There's okay. some locations that have three of them in it. Jesus. Uh, they're, they're wild. They're uh, cool. Well, the one I faced was really cool just like from a... Which one was that? Uh, it was like in this... Op- oh, they're probably all open. It's like the first one you get access to. It's like a green stone. It's probably Midgard. No, it's uh, Svartalheim where you're with the dwarves. You're like, you know, like in that area where like you get that weird like splash mountain like train ride thing going up. Oh, that's the middle one. Where the little cart is, and you're accompanied by uh, uh, two different characters. Oh, Mimir and somebody else, right? Yeah. And like they, Mimir warns you about this battle, and it's like it's optional. Obviously, it's optional. But I just tried out just to see, and it's like in the, it's like a steamy, like there's like little like steaming pits right there. It's just, oh, it's just a pain in the ass, and like I kind of got like the rhythm. I figured out like what the like the almost like what the attack pattern was. It was it was very like souls like. But I'm like, I'm not ready. My gear's not ready. Like, the timing recovery from, like, you know, we do the yellow block to, like, the next thing. Mm-hmm. Like, where you're supposed to, like, time it. Or if you don't time it right, you're, like, stunned after. I could not nail the timing right. So, I'm like, I need to come back here later when I have better gear or something. Because I just... Yeah. I was outclassed. There's, like, there's like micro spoilers. Like, I don't want to say spoilers. But at the same time, it's, like, I want people to keep pushing to find out what what's in the rest of the game because after you beat the game there's plenty of stuff to do yeah it's fuck i've been all over these damn realms i'm just finding <laughs> I, I found you know uh you know i did like half of those like the the nidhog baby retrieval i did like half of those so far you know uh where where you get the crows the realm where it's only the crows mm-hmm. that location after the game that spot opens up another little level to it oh okay so there's that section. Uh, there's a person you find, and that person does all these poses. <laughs> like you go to different realms and you find them, and they're doing all these med- meditative poses. Okay. And those poses are supposed to give you hints on which pantheon we're gonna go to next. Really? It's already giving you hints like that. There's a uh, all these little mystery mysterious things like uh you you got the uh, plot twist with Odin, right? Yeah. So, the knowledge thing. Yeah, 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 like Odin was in certain locations, mm-hmm. right? 
Like there's a there's a spot where I think it was on Twitter. There was a uh, when you go to the dwarves to one of their spots. There's a dwarf, and he's spitting like you're crossing the river, and he's spitting like towards you into the river. Like that was Odin the mm. whole time. So there's all these little secrets. There's moments too, like where I, I mean, there's a spoiler later on where Odin just show up, and it's like, oh, like we just didn't notice because like this thing was in this spot, and it's like, oh shoot, like okay, so that was like Odin, like the whole time kind of thing in disguise or something. They they talk about it kind of nonchalant, like about the closet kind of thing. It's like a closet, like oh, like there was a raven in the closet. It was like something like that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And I was like, oh shoot, like okay, so like wherever the ravens are, that's basically where. Odin. So I was like thinking back retroactively and like. Like, there were spots where it wasn't, like, the green-colored ones you had to, like, kill, obviously. Yeah. It was just, like, a random, just, like, crow or raven. Like, like... yeah, yeah. Like, Odin Odin is everywhere. He's always trying to, like, figure out what the hell you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you'll find hints of Odin everywhere. Like, that was confusing find... for me because, like, there's moments where they're talking as if Odin's not there. But it's like, how do you know he's not there? Like, you're talking about your entire plan of what you're doing. I'm like, like, how do you know he's not there? Well, you know when he's there. Like, you'll find... No, but how do the characters know is what I'm saying. Well, they wouldn't. They yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, why are you talking about these plans so out in the open, in this middle, uh, middle of this big ass field? Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's some parts where I'm like, like, ah, oh, that doesn't make sense. But there's um, fuck, like, uh, like remember, like I told you about, you chase the pig and then you find this other big ass section where it's open world and all that, right? Mm-hmm. That's impressive to me because you don't even have to do that. And some, that's actually probably my favorite location in the game because uh-huh. of all the things you find back there. Mm-hmm. Uh. And there's like it's a multi-layered level. It's not even just open world. It's multi-layered, like a building. It's fucking massive back there. That's what he said. And then, <laughs> and then, uh, oh god, uh, like you know where you go to the dwarf spot and you, there's all that water. Yeah. If you keep poking around, this is a a mini spoiler, but it's like I want you guys to finish the the after the fact. I want to yeah, I want to like look up other stuff after this game. If if you go. Back to the door spot, you see all those little islands, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, fuck. I don't just even... tell me after, dude. Just tell me after. Okay, okay. okay. Just tell me after, okay. Johnny. What was? What was? Do you remember what was your completion time on the game? Um, or no? It was something like sixty. Wow, sixty hours. How many for you, dude? I think I, my final save time was like twenty-eight hours. Yeah, dude. You spent twice as much. I'm not talking about like up to now. I mean to like the final boss. Yeah. 60 hours? Wow. So you did like everything you could before. The- That's one thing that annoys me about the game. I'm going to talk about it real quick. Is they constantly do the thing where they break the fourth wall and kind of take you out of it. Like, hey, like if we have anything you want to do now, like now's the time. We can go. Do- I don't know if that's breaking the fourth wall. It, 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 I, I feel- they're talking directly to me is what I'm saying. Okay. And, but they do it so many times. Like, hey, like if you want to, do you have anything to wrap up on this realm or this plane or whatever? Like, do you want to do this? And it's like, like, no. I just want to get to the next story beat. And like every now and then I'm like, okay, I'll take a break to get away from it. Just the insistent need to tell you like, Hey, do you want to do something like, Oh, we could also do this or we could do that. And it's just like, I get it. I get it guys. You want to show off these side quests that you've clearly put a lot of effort into making. I get that. But just like, I don't know. It's like, I feel like they're not talking to creators. They're talking to me directly. Well, the thing is I'm playing it in the hardest mode, dude. Like, um, it gets what, it gets so hard towards the end. What level did you get to as far as your rank? My rank? What do you mean? Yeah, like like the little number thing. Yeah, they're okay. Like the upgrades and stuff. That's the thing. If you're playing it in a normal mode, you're not paying attention to all these little details, trying to maximize every single thing. But your blade, 
your blade, your your chains. Yeah, they get your, shinier as you go. Yeah, your your chains, your third weapon, your axe. They all get blinked your, out. Your uh, yeah, they all get blinked blinked out. Mm-hmm. They get pimped out. Yeah. Uh, your shield, all that stuff. You have to collect items. You have to collect resources, and then you upgrade that stuff. My blades were like seven. I think I had like two more levels after that uh, for max. For nine, I think. Yeah, you they were at nine. seven when it got at the end of the game. Yeah. So when you upgrade, there's a little shield on top. Yeah, of it fills up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was like at five or six or something. I think. So when you want to upgrade, it'll tell you like this. It's is the, the overall level, yeah, of your combined gear. Yeah. Yeah. So when I got. So when I got to, I screwed up because I didn't do a manual save. That's why I told you, like, hey, if you haven't done a manual save, save it. I get manual saving. Yeah. So I got to the last point. I was like, maybe I should grind a little bit more because I'm underpowered. And I was like, nah, let, let me just check this out right here, right? And then I click on the damn button. And then I'm like, oh, my God, this is the last fucking portion of the game. And I look at my saves and I'm like... I can't. I can't. This is the last fucking portion, and I'm only ranked up to, like, level six. I'm not going to fucking make it. Yeah, I was, like, level six. Or, yeah. So, I look at my saves, my automatic saves, and everything is saved on that level. On just one. On, yeah. just, on just that one level, and I'm screwed. I can't go back, and I can't level up no more, so I'm like... That sucks. You, you like, soft-locked yourself into the... Well, it's, it's a pain in the ass. It's my fault. But it's mm-hmm. a pain in the ass because I'm doing all this work to level up, mm-hmm. and then I screwed up because if I jump into the point of no return, I might not be strong enough to even complete the damn game because it's so fucking hard. No, I, I get I get what you're saying. This is an issue that happens in RPGs where you can't. There's like sometimes you go into a dungeon and you can't exit the dungeon until you beat the boss. Yeah. And if you don't do it properly, if you don't like plan ahead or do like that's why a lot of RPGs recommend you have more than one save file. You can like lock yourself in because you're just under leveled for the area you're in, and you're just you're just trapped. That's it. Yeah, uh, you have to load to an earlier file if you have an earlier save yeah, file. Yeah, which I didn't. So I was like, ah, oh, damn, I got to go through this whole thing underpowered. That happened. You know that happened. That happened to me. Just to go off on a tangent. That happened to me in Resident Evil Code Veronica, mm-hmm. where I saved my over. I always kept one save file, and I saved over in a section where I had no more bullets. Oh. And I didn't have any herbs. My health was in red, and there was hunters outside the save room. God, and those are the worst. I had to... Hunters are one hits. I probably did it... I want to say north of 30 attempts before I finally got to, like, the next area where there was health and ammo. And I was like, oh, thank... Like, I had to, like... As soon as, you know, you had, like, the transition from screen to screen. Mm-hmm. As soon as the transition started, I had to already be aiming the direction I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Just to avoid the, the, the random, like, claw attack. And that took me so... I was so stubborn. Like, I'm not starting this game over because I was, like, more than two-thirds of the way through the game. And I was like, I'm not starting this game over. I'm going to find a way that aren't the random number generator, whatever the game uses for calculating, like, when enemies attack, like, it's going to have to be my favorite at some point eventually. And after, like, I think, like, 30 attempts, I finally got through that area without getting hit. Yeah. And what sucks is in Resident Evil, if you're in low health, you move slower. So, like, that's also fighting against you where, you're like, you're kind of, oh, like, limping. Right. You're limping. Yeah, yeah. So, that was fighting against me, too. So, like, oh, my God. Like, I've learned... Ever since that experience, like, I've learned to keep more than one save file. Saving one and then, like, keep another backup that's, like, maybe, like, probably, like, in, at most an hour behind that last one is what I do. Yeah, I tend to go with 
But the game does warn you. It does tell you, like, this is, like, the point of no return. I don't remember that. No, they told... Dude, they told you, like, at least once. Maybe twice, like... Was it audible or what? Yeah, they, it was a spoken line from somebody. Like, okay, like, if you have anything to do, like, this is your last chance. Oh, like, but they've been saying that the whole game. Have they? Yeah, you might want to spend some time over here. I don't remember the... I thing, know, that like, one... That this one, is the last battle, Kratos. Th- yeah, that one felt much more, like, permanent, I guess, when I heard it. So I'm like, oh, like, oh, shit. Like, and I, also, because I knew, like, how many chapters were in the game. So yeah. I was like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, like, less, like, one or two maybe to go. Like, that makes sense. Well, I knew. I just got too curious. <laughs> it's like, have you seen that meme where, like, when a game opens up two paths for you, you're like, oh, I want to go explore this one. And it's like the one that starts that triggers the cutscene, and you're locked out of the second path. Like, oh man, I can't go back now. That's happened before, yeah. We're like, oh, let me like I'm hoping this is the one that doesn't like lock me into like oh crap. Like now we're in the cutscene, you can't go back now. It's like, oh man. Yeah. I mean, I was supposed to go up there, but there was the uh the dwarf was up there. So I was like, I'm gonna go visit the dwarves and upgrade my shit. Mm-hmm. And along the way, I'm just all of a sudden in a fucking battle, and then I'm getting walked into a a cutscene, and then the cutscenes. When you're ready, just go into. Dude, that last section of the game just gets so hard. Like I felt, I felt like for two thirds of the game, I wasn't really blocking because I didn't really need to block. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until the very end where I actually had to do every single prompt just to stay alive. Where it was like blue, blue, like oh, like L L one to break, and it's like red, red, like oh, get the hell out of the way. You can't block it. And then yellow, like okay, get the timing right because like they start doing the thing where they start dropping those bifrost enemies. Where did you uh, lose the most there in that section? Lose the, the most what? The corridor. Where did I lose the most what? lives what was the toughest part of that corridor oh dude it wasn't even like that last section it was like right before that when you're like uh, i mean spoilers when you're musfulheim after the surter thing and they try to stop you from getting to the gate all the what do you call them the einhorn or whatever the the bifrost guys would just drop from the sky there's a section where they introduce like this big mount creature that they ride oh the mount that was where i got stuck for a little bit yeah i i that thing was so annoying because because that rider heals the thing a creature or whatever well, that's when the third one came. That's, I fucking love that third one. Yeah, yeah. The third one was like, what, finally, like, oh, I can knock him off. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. That took me a while for that to click in. We're yeah. like, oh, oh, this is easy now. Like once I did yeah. that, but I was like stubborn. I didn't realize. And like, and there's like, like spoilers for the last boss battle. I'm not going to say like what it is, but like Mimir is like, like, what's the point of having a shield if you don't use it? I'm like, oh shit, you're right. Why am I not using my shield to block more? Like, like it's funny how the game reminds you to use all the things that are at your disposal. I love it because they may, they force me to use everything at my yeah. disposal. Mm-hmm. And me in video games, I'm not a guy that blocks. I don't. Yeah, like, I I play my games and I tend not to block. And racing, I tend not to use my brakes a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So when they force me to use it, I love it because it's it's using every fucking Sense. part of my fucking yeah. senses. Yeah. Like, the timing, everything has to be on point. And then it's so cool when you finally, like, when it all clicks, because then you're, like, pulling off, like, all of these feats where, like, you're not even taking damage. You're just, like, so into the rhythm. No, that's where it feels great. You feel like you're in the, you're, like, into the zone. Yeah, like, yeah. Where, like, you see the attack coming. Like, even when it's not a prompt, you just see the enemy, like, pulling back. You're like, oh, block. And, like, ding, you get, like, that parry effect. But it's so satisfying, because even if you die 30 times... And then you just have one section where your every single move is perfect. It's like almost like, like scripted. It's, all worth it. it's so cool. Like yeah, when yeah. you finally get like that, you nail the rhythm. Especially during a boss fight, we nail the rhythm of a boss fight. Yeah. Um. Then the section right before I went, I just mentioned there's like two enemies of the same type. You fight the same time. They they like fly around. Right. There's two of the exact same type of enemies. There's like oh, a yeah, boss yeah. fight. Yeah. And they do this thing where one attacks and then the other one follows up. Yeah. And when I know like the pairing for like the blocking and then like the blocking for the other one, like. 
where I was just in sync with like Atreus and like, oh my god, like that was just so cool. Like I, like all the tutorials, all the combat led up to this moment where like it finally like clicked with me in terms of yeah. like blocking, parrying, dodging, sideswipe, using your rage and like, like, and just like, like oh my god, like if if the game had emotes, the emote I would use would be something like. I'm done with everybody. Everybody's on the floor, and I'm just there with my my dark shades, and I'm just brushing my hair. Oh, like a Fortnite kind of like thing. Kind of like uh, what's his name in Street Fighter? Oh, Guile. He does that. Guile. He takes yeah. out. He puts the shades in t- the comb. The that, hair comb. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the feeling I get after a, a, yeah, a grueling battle. Yeah, we're gonna do we're gonna do like a full spoiler cast and our thoughts on the overall. Because I want I do want to play more of the side content to kind of just prepare myself for that. Obviously, so. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk more about that in the future. Other than that, I already told you about Pokemon. The game's... It's it's a lot of fun. Damn, I don't even know where... It's unpolished. In this section. Yeah, we kind of talked about everything. So, uh, Johnny, do you have any last thoughts? Any last questions? Any, well, you're, not the, you're not the audience. Do you have any last things to say before we head out? No, I'm just going to keep chugging along with uh, God of War. Trying to, I don't know if I'm going to plan on Do you know where your next game's going to be? Or are you going to linger on this one for a while? I don't know how much longer this one's gonna last. I'm gonna tell you right now, just to be honest, like this isn't my game of the year. Oh, it's I still know not. That. It's still not. Yeah. I, I was, I was like, maybe. The more I thought about it, like I think there's a couple of gripes and issues I have, but like I think this nails something that my game of the year doesn't nail, and that's mostly characters and story. But uh, for me, yeah, I, but gameplay game is still king for me. Have... Yeah, gameplay for me is still king, though I think in this case, but. Um, just we'll go get to that later when we get to game of the year stuff at the end of the year but uh i think next week well i think i honestly think and it's kind of this might be a hot take i think i still like forbidden west a little bit more just from a gameplay perspective i complete i can't argue with that but not story-wise definitely not story-wise i agree and not character-wise but just overall as, as a complete package i think i still enjoy forbidden west a little bit more but um We'll talk about all that stuff, of course, at the end of the year, next month. We'll lay it out. I'll talk about a little bit about what everything this, we this played. This is my game of the year. It's not. It's definitely not a bad choice. It's definitely not a bad choice. And I can. I can. And I know now why it has so many not has so many nominations for the Game Awards because it 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 really is a special game. Like like I like we talked about like at the end like it's such a moving ending. Like everything's just like ah, oh, it just gets you. It just gets you in a way that Last of Us Part Two probably doesn't even do for me, honestly. In the, which is weird because I love that game, but uh, anyways, I know that's like that's a hot take around these parts on this podcast. No, so you, you can shit on the Last of Us all you want. I don't want no. <laughs> I love Last of Us. I mean, like you because you don't like the Last of Us Part Two as much as I do. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for making it this far. If you have listened this far, we appreciate it as always. Uh, this we always have a good time. This is I've, one of the, probably one of the most fun episodes we've done in a while. I really had fun uh, just catching up with Johnny and talking about what we've been playing and just the general the crazy industry landscape going on with Microsoft and everything. It's hilarious. And um, anyways, uh, we thank you as always for your listenership. We uh, appreciate you guys if you made it this far we ask if you're interested you can submit com- comments suggestions questions i don't know you want to tell johnny why he's right in with ragnarok being game of the year you may want to tell johnny he's wrong with game with ragnarok not being game of the year uh if you have any thoughts on anything we've talked about or just want to submit something loosely related even if it's not exactly related to what we talked about 
You can reach us at our email, which is DualSensePodcast at Yahoo.com. Again, that is DualSensePodcast, one word, at Yahoo.com. You can also reach us at our Twitter, uh, DualSensep. Uh, I think only one message I've ever read on this podcast has come from the Twitter account. Everything else has just come from the email address. I think email is just much more accessible. That could be why. But you can reach us however you, you can. Like I mentioned, email, Twitter, either of those work. Um, so, yeah, I think that's going to be it for us tonight for this weekend. Uh, for this particular week johnny any last words last chance i think next week we're going to be talking about uh predictions yeah we'll talk about predictions i'll talk about oh i'll also talk about whatever i bought for black friday which is as of recording tomorrow uh i know what i want to buy if you guys okay real quick i don't know if anybody wants the series s the xbox series s if you do it's been lowered to 249 we talked about this last week i think it's been lowered to 249 for black friday specifically but if you get it at Target, if you buy it at Target, you also get a $50 gift card for Target. So if you're going to buy a Series S this Black Friday, make sure you get it from Target. Because that basically takes another $50 off the purchase. I mean, it doesn't actually negate it, but it's an additional $50 of store credit. So might as well go there. Uh, also, GameStop is doing a buy two, get one free on all pre-owned PS4 games. So Johnny, hmm, that might be something you might be interested in. Buy two, get one free. On all PS4, Xbox One games. Only last gen, not current gen. Only last gen. But if you're smart, then you buy the pre-owned games you can buy can be ones that have free PS5 upgrades. So if you're smart, you can optimize your PS5 that way with... I mean, that would work for Horizon. For example, Horizon Forbidden West has a free PS5 upgrade. So you buy the PS4 copy, free upgrade. If you get Death Stranding, I think GameStop has Death Stranding, the PS4 version, for 10 bucks. Whoa. Yeah, so if you get that version, I think it might be a ten dollar upgraded PS5 version. Johnny, do you remember? Is it? I don't think it's it's not free, right? Yeah, so you get PS5 Death Stranding for ten bucks. I mean, twenty bucks altogether. So keep a lookout for those deals, and that's gonna be it for us, guys. And goodbye. Peace.